doesn't define you as a person. And you can, they're just feelings, right? They, these come up, they're just part of our body and our, the biology of being a human being. And they don't define you. And if you can just label them and separate from them, become aware when they come up and know that people around you, your best friends, your family, they don't give a shit if you, you know, are feeling a certain way. And I mean that in the best way, because all they want is for you to just be happy and feel good and, and be your best self. Welcome to Long to Live podcast. I'm your host, Asa Trichikoskaita. I'm here to remind you the power of your mind and that you are the creator of your life and your story. We'll talk about all things mind, body and soul and the connection between our inner dialogue, our thoughts and how it affects our bodies. I'll share my best advice, lessons and mindset shifts so you could stop overthinking and find peace of mind. In this week's episode, I'm talking with Tim Pereira, former college athlete who later achieved success in many sales roles, but it left him unfulfilled and he struggled to find purpose after sports. So after being fired four months into the pandemic for not hitting his quota, Tim made the decision to follow his passion for mental health and wellness and create a company focused on improving the mental health of men. His purpose now is to help people to get healthy, do the things they have always wanted to do and crush the stigmas that have plagued men's health. He founded Pair Clothing, which creates men's workout shorts, and he is also creator of The Game Plan, a 30-day program for men focused on building the foundations of health designed for high performers that have lost touch with a deep sense of health. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really glad that you were able to join me today. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. I want to ask you, how did you start caring and sharing about men's mental health? And why did it became so important to you and almost like your biggest mission at the moment? You know, I think um, for a long time, and, and this is all stuff I know now in hindsight, but I think for a long time, I just really struggled with mental health um, of my own, whether it was, you know, anxiety or depression most recently. And um you know, it was, it really, I think was just limiting me from, from just being happy in life. And it wasn't until, you know, kind of mid pandemic or so when, when things got really, really bad, and then they started to really improve. And, you know, it's something that um, I've always been into health and wellness and exercise and nutrition and, and, um, you know, playing sports for fun and just being a, you know, I guess a high performer and, and really focused on self growth and everything. And, and I was doing all that. I was doing kind of all the nuts and bolts of everything, but didn't have the mental health or, or the mindset, uh, you know, really dialed in, I think. And so after having my own struggles for years, I mean, really battled with depression for four or five years and, and trying to put in the work and, you know, come out the other side better. Um, yeah, it's it just it's seeing how tough it is also for for men to get help, for men to seek help, to talk to anybody, to even admit to ourselves, let alone to other people that we have something that we need to work on. And, 
just a really quick story. Last year in 2021, in March, I, I, posted something on Instagram was the first time I ever spoke about having mental, uh, you know, health challenges or kind of the battle I was going through to anybody, uh, not just to social media. It was kind of my, my way of getting it off my chest and the response I got from it, from all types of people, from men and women and people I didn't know, people I thought, you know, didn't like me from, I don't know, high school or something. It was just to see the response of people, obviously in support, but you know, they would reach out and say, man, I am just, I'm going through the same thing. I felt like you were writing this for me. Um, really opened my eyes to the power of talking about it and just the amount of people that are struggling with it. Yeah, I think like the empowerment really comes from the sharing your story and then you realize how many people are battling the same battles that, I, that you are dealing with. And have you been diagnosed with anxiety and other mental diseases or did you just tell that it was within you, the depression and everything? And have you used like some traditional methods and have they worked or did you use something that haven't worked and that's how you switched into the mindset work? Yeah, you know, that's, yeah, I love this topic because it's a, it's a great question and, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's something worth discussing. So what happened with me, I wasn't officially diagnosed with depression. And my story was uh, after about three, two and a half or three years of really, you know, waking up completely unmotivated. I mean, there was like months I was crying myself to sleep every night. And I, it was so frustrating because I couldn't figure out why I couldn't fix it. Right. That was like my biggest thing. I was like, man, you can figure out everything else. You can get in shape. You can get stronger. You can eat well and you can figure out sleep, but I couldn't figure out what was going on between my ears. And I went to see, uh, I remember the, the whole day, it was just, it was such a big like step for me to go in person. I set up an appointment with a psychiatrist in Chicago where I was living at the time. And I remember everything. I remember the drive to the office. I remember where I parked on the street. I was wearing a, you know, a, a hooded sweatshirt, sunglasses, a hat, walking into the building. I was just like, I was just mortified that I was going to be seen going into a place like that. And, um, you know, I walked in, I was basically like shaking in there, just so nervous that I was about to be found out. And, you know, for, for having these, uh, these struggles, which of course are, are totally normal. Uh, now I know. And, and I go in there and I'm not kidding, within five minutes of speaking with the psychiatrist, telling her what's going on, you know, I've been struggling with X, Y, Z. I, I can't do this. I can't, you know, I, I can't sleep. I'm feeling down all the time. I, whatever. And her, the first words out of her mouth were, well, we can, we can write you a prescription for that today. And yeah, right. I was just, I was blown away. And I just, I actually ended up uh, standing up and walking out. I was like, if this is the solution, you know, that they're offering, I was like, they're not even asking, you know, I want to get to the root cause. I don't want to slap a bandaid on the symptoms. And while it might you know, be really necessary for some people to even function, um, and certainly there, there are cases for that. Um, you know, for me, I felt, I felt it wasn't going to do me the justice I deserved to try and figure out what the heck was going on. 
I didn't go in there to get medication. I went in there to try and solve a problem. And so that was really frustrating. So long way of saying um, that was my only experience. And I knew it was I was going to have to take ownership of it and do everything I could to try and get better uh, because I was not about to take, you know, medication after my not even a first full visit, just just that being offered to me right away. I knew it, it kind of just made me realize they didn't necessarily have my best interest at heart. You know, they weren't interested in helping me as a person and more so it just felt like they wanted to, you know, just get me on some meds. <laughs> to move you quickly off their line. And yeah, I think we are living in a quick fixes world where we are so used to just like take a pill and forget about it, right? But what motivated you to be so dedicated to search for the root cause? Like, you know, where did I, it come from? Yeah, I, I think a couple things. For one, health and wellness in general has just been such a passion of mine for, for a long time. I mean, I, I started working out, going to the gym, I think at 13 or 14 to get in shape for baseball. And it just always kind of fascinated me how you can do certain things to get in better shape or get yourself better or, you know, of course, grow as a person and just keep improving, I think. And so that was something, um, you know, that always, always fascinated me. And then also I, how I was feeling, I knew something, it wasn't right. And so going through my day to day, I just, I felt off, if that makes sense. And I felt like I, I wasn't like, I didn't have, I, I, there was a, a few moments I remember saying this to myself, like I have to get my life back. And, um, and I think what that meant to me was like this, this conversation inside my head or this narrative that I'm living in is just owning my life. And I knew that wasn't me as a person and I didn't know where it came from. I didn't know how to get through it. Um, but I, I just had this feeling that there, there was light at the end. And even though it was just, you know, brutal stretches of days and weeks and months and, and happened for years, I, I just never, uh, you know, I never felt like, I wanted to, I guess, give up hope in, in that there was kind of light at the end for me. So I, yeah, I, it's a, it's a great question, but I, I think, you know, having a passion for the industry and the space, um, for those topics, but also, you know, just being so competitive with myself and knowing that if I just kept putting in the work that I, I know I would get better. Yeah. And it takes, a lot of courage to put in the work to do the inner work you shared like you said that you felt um afraid that someone will see you that you're struggling with mental health and that you're going into a certain institution and you mentioned that there are a lot of like stigmas in men's health and why do you think it is that way that if we break a leg it's like totally normal and we can tell anyone that we broke our leg right yeah. Have mental issues. Like, why do we? Why do? Why don't we want to share those? Even though so many of us are struggling with this nowadays. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's such a a great topic, and I love you know 
brainstorming about it or thinking through it or or talking because you know stigmas are they're really funny when you when you talk about them you put them out in the open you shine a light on them like they really start to lose power over us i mean if they're they're really a little a little bit ridiculous i think i don't know specifically where they come from i think of just you know as a male of course i can only kind of give this perspective but um you know, growing up being told to, you know, always suck it up or don't cry or, you know, don't be a pussy or, you know, figure it out or, or it, it's a sign of weakness to ask for help. Or, you know, if you're being conditioned to be the man of the house, the supporter or the provider, I think that narrative um, for years and years and years of growing up, um, whether it's from our close circle or from society or whatever, we, we certainly, you know, start to believe that and start to act that way. So when, when things are going in the opposite direction, especially internally, even in the slightest way, like, man, I just, I feel down today, or I don't know, I'm just really tense inside. And, but I don't want to get help because I have to figure my shit out. I have to, you know, be able to do it on my own. And, and it's just that I, I felt, at least for me, it was just years and years and years of constant, constantly suppressing those feelings and being like, no, you need to be able to figure it out on your own. You got this, like not asking for help um, because asking for help shows a sign of weakness. And I think what really helped for me was a understanding that that mindset got me to where I was in the first place. And so if I wanted to get better, I needed to at least be open to exploring, you know, different ways to think about my mental health. The other one was, I was like, you know, if my, this is an example I think of a lot for a lot of things. It was like, if my best friend was going through something similar, was going through the same thing, I would a hundred percent want him to tell me. Um, and it's really hard to, to do that in that situation or understand it, but that's, you know, something that I, I try and think through and, you know, how can I change their help, help, help men that are going through something similar, just have a, a slight percep, uh, perspective shift to, to rethink their situation and, you know, understand it's not abnormal and that it's okay um, to get help because like you're saying, the stigmas are really, really tough to push through and we end up just bottling up, uh, inside and never get help. And it, it starts to manifest in a lot of, uh, really destructive ways. I feel. So do you think that like the main issue is that we are not asking for the help? I think it's probably a layer deeper than that. Because, you know, asking for help is great, but I think, you know, on a deeper level, we have to be open to the idea that it's okay to not be great all the time, to not feel great. You first have to be able to accept that, look, I'm a human. These feelings and emotions don't define me as a person right? I can recognize them. I can label them, you know, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling depressed, but that doesn't define me as a person. It's just part of being human, right? Like it's, it's literally in our DNA. And if you can separate yourself and your identity from the feelings, 
it doesn't feel like it's a personal attack when you go to get help, right? It's not attacking the integrity of you as an individual, but instead you're recognizing, hey, you know, my biology or, uh, you know, this body I'm in is, is feeling things a certain way in my mind, my, the narrative's on repeat, and I'm, I keep having these thoughts. How can I, how can I move past that? Because I envision a life where I'm, you know, happy, purpose-driven, um, you know, helping others, whatever. And the way to do that, I, I believe is, yeah, you have to ask for help. But first, just be open to the idea that you're not bulletproof. And, and the biggest thing is that's totally okay. And it's actually normal. And then from there, I think if you do that, then you can allow space for those feelings to come in and see them and be like, okay, well, let's try and figure this out. Let's, let's just go chat with somebody about it. And you know, see if we can see if we can work through this through getting help. I just loved what you say that it's okay not to be okay or great, as you said all the time. Mm -hmm. Because I think in our environment, we always strive to do our best. And like as a high performance, especially, like you need to be at your optimal level, and you have to like like to be as consistent as you can with the optimal level, because if you are trying like too hard all the time, it usually leads to burnout and anxiety and depression, as you said. So I think like what you mentioned that about um, your best friend telling you that he's not okay. And we can sometimes be more compassionate to others than we are to ourselves and accept that we're just humans, as you said. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, think about, think about how, how we speak to ourselves versus how we speak to others. I mean, I'll, I'll speak for, for myself here. And I know like, I am for sure my hardest critic. Um, you know, if, if you would see, like, if I wrote down the, the dialogue that used to go on in my head, um, you know, if I didn't do something or again, even if I was feeling bad, you know, I would beat myself up for it just over and over. And like, you would never in a million years say that to somebody that you truly cared about, you know, to a family member or a good friend or honestly, even a stranger. Um, and so I think that was one thing that was uh, that started to, I think, shift how I thought about it. And I'm like, man, I just never give myself a break. I am constantly eating myself up and the pressure is on and do more and feel better and suck it up. And like, you shouldn't be bothering other people with your, you know, whatever challenges or, you know, whatnot. Um, and I think just, again, just changing and, and becoming aware of, of that inner voice, how we speak to ourselves, um, you know, whether it's, you know, you're like you said, a high performer. The other the other piece of it, too, is, you know, a lot of pressure to just always be working, you know, or always be productive. Um, you know, I need to get a ton of stuff done today. Uh, yeah. Move the needle on my project. And, and it's it's really, I think, the same voice um, that doesn't bring like the love and compassion to ourselves that we 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 need as humans. And it's tough for guys to admit that. I think is is one of the, the tough pieces as well. But ultimately, like we really do need it at a core level as human beings. Yeah, and I think all those like 
what we should do, should and shouldn't, and uh, the hustle culture, it's also like the stigma that you have been talking about. Like yeah. we are all st- constantly hearing about it and we are thinking that we should be in the same way and until we end up, I don't know, completely wasted our energy and we just like feel like not doing anything. As you said, you don't want to wake up in the morning, you cry yourself at night and it's not a nice place to be. And not many people are talking about how to get out of that place, honestly. Mm-hmm. And first, being honest with themselves, I think, started with you first, that you started being honest with yourself, that I'm, I'm human. I have these thoughts and these thoughts, and you just started noticing it and being aware of it. And then you started the change of your mindset. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it's the awareness. It all it all starts with awareness in some form. And whether you're you're taking inventory of you know the the voice that's going on inside your head and starting starting with that, starting to recognize when it pops up and and I'll I mean I'll like talk back to it. I'll have a conversation and be like, no, you're not, you know, you need to go in the corner. You're not you're not gonna say that to me today. I'm I'm in the middle of something. Uh, you're not productive. And, you know, you really don't serve any fit or any need for me right now. Right. And so, you know, with the inner voice or uh, whatever narrative we're telling ourselves about our lives, whether it's our, you know, our health and our level of fitness, whether it's what we're doing at work or our relationships and, and recognizing, you know, are we quick to play the victim? Are we taking ownership of our situation? Are we, um, you know, paying attention to how we react in certain situations, right? Like, are we letting our emotions run and control us? Or are we able to have something happen to us, whether it's at work, we get yelled at by a boss, we get, you know, cut off or, you know, whatever, are we immediately jumping to react to that event? Or are we able to kind of separate from that and say, okay, well, this happened, and I don't, I don't love that it happened, but it's not an attack on my character and me reacting or getting upset or getting pissed off or whatever isn't, isn't productive. It's not doing any good to turn that way. And, you know, and I think that starts with just trying to become more aware of, you know, where these thoughts are coming from and why they're popping up and what they what they might mean or why they're so deeply ingrained you know into our subconscious or why you know why we feel like they're such a big part of us and and you know why they're driving us to act way so yeah i think it's a i don't know i think it's a good point that it does it does all start with just the intention of uh, becoming more aware yeah, so awareness is a great thing, but what have been the other tools that have helped you to change that narrative when you started being aware of it and when you said that, okay, maybe it's not deserving me at this very moment? Like, how did you approach that negative self talk? You know, awareness, yeah, I think it, and it's something I keep practicing just maybe on different levels. Um, so becoming aware of it and then 
a few things. I think changing my inputs was a big one. So whether it was feeds or newsletters I read or people I follow or whatnot, that was probably the easiest thing I could do at first. One of my favorite things to do is open up Instagram and just unfollow all of these accounts that aren't kind of serving the what I want out of life, you know, positive mm, message, right. uh, you know, motivation. Um, I love like, you know, some good, good hearted, uh, you know, video content or just feel good moments. So just things like that have such a big impact. And so I noticed getting rid of a lot of the negativity or just kind of spam accounts or spam feeds for my inputs made a big difference. And then in terms of work I was doing, you know, I, I really just tried to ask an extra question, just ask better questions of myself. So if I have a thought process, oh man, I'm, I've been working on this thing for a few months. Like, uh, what I would do is my mind would kind of take over and, and, you know, start to talk negatively about it or, or have doubt or, or, you know, tell me what I'm doing is a waste of time or especially with the new businesses and, and everything. And, and so what I really tried to do is just sit there and ask myself extra question, like, why, why is this coming up? Why are you saying this? Okay. Well, you don't want to fail. Okay. Well, why don't, why don't you want to fail? What's, what's going on? Well, I don't want to be seen as a failure by other people. Okay. Well, why is that important to you? Um, you know, and, you know, trying to really dive deep and figure out where my insecurities were, what I still feared, you know, is it a fear of rejection? Is it fear of looking like a failure? And, you know, a lot of the answers came down to just ego and the ego working to protect itself. So by peeling back layers and layers, I was able to kind of, you know, unwrap a lot of these, um, this programming, I think, that has just been so deeply rooted uh, throughout experiences in life and in trying to reframe them in a different life that is more productive for, I think the life I'm trying to live where it's, you know, I'm, I'm building something uh, to help people, uh, you know, get healthy and, and help men with mental health and fitness and everything and provide myself with a life that is really just gives me freedom. I think freedom to do what I want throughout the day and, and uh, continue to work on projects I want to. So things like that, and obviously, you know, be super healthy and, you know, help my family get healthy and everything. So um, just working to, to really improve, you know, the, the, again, the thought processes and the narrative that, that I would constantly see popping up. So just asking better questions, trying to reframe how I think about something. Um, and then in, in terms of like tactics or systems, I would use journaling big time, meditation. I write a lot now more than I used to just to try and like get those thoughts onto paper or think through them or articulate them more and, and really try and dissect them and see if I can, if I can get to uh, the root of, of where they're coming from, if that makes sense. Yeah, journaling is like a big thing in my life too. And I think it helps a lot for people who love to overthink the process and mm -hmm. dive deep with the deepening questions, like you said. And limiting information is also, I think, a big, big 
thing that we can do. And I talked about it on the podcast a little bit because I think what we consume, we just basically become it. So yeah. I think it's a big one. And congratulations on launching uh, your brand. We got to go get back to it. Yeah. And <laughs> it seems like you kind of like combined the mental and the physical health at the moment in your life mm -hmm. where you help men with it. So I just want to go back a little bit to your childhood because you said that you were into sports. Mm -hmm. And I think it was Joe Polish who said that, that if we spend just as much time looking and taking care of our inside world as we do with our external uh, look, we wouldn't have half of the problems that we have today so mm -hmm. what we have been talking it seems like we have been sold this idea that men have to be like building muscles and masculine and take care of their bodies as if this was like the most important thing and women mm -hmm. are sold on a different idea that we need to take care of ourselves of our looks and that's like our main value to look great so you have been into sports And you mentioned all those six months to suck it up, to figure it out yourself. So you have been working on your body and you are still helping men to work on their bodies, but it's combined with the mindset. Mm -hmm. So what was that shift that you were like, okay, what was the turning point that you started trying the mindset discipline and, and took it as like the main thing? and the main approach in your life. Yeah, I think, you know, to, to start one of the, one of the things I heard a couple of years ago was just, you know, if you think of your mind and your mindset as the foundation, right. And you're trying to build a house on top of it and, you know, you want to build a big mansion and, and, you know, have a, have a great, I don't know, house with everything you want in it. But, If your mind is, you know, 200 square feet, um, you, you really can't build a house you want on that. So it all, it all starts with the mind. And it was a really interesting idea for me to think about. And I started thinking, you know, towards the, towards the end of my baseball career, I just played baseball through college. Um, you know, I really mentally wasn't in a great place for sport performance. Like I, you know, I'd get anxiety on the field or I was worried about, you know, what people would think about me if I didn't play well. And it really affected my play. I mean, I just was a completely different player in the last two years. And I, like, I wasn't, I wasn't great. I was not, not effective. And, and I think that's really kind of probably was the initial or was the starting point of me just thinking about how much the mental side of it can affect, you know, the physical outcome or can manifest in, in different ways, whether we're looking for results or, or whatever. So I think that was the initial part of it. Um, so I think, you know, for men, and it's, it's great to have like grit and resilience and, you know, I love kind of doing super hard workouts or, you know, going running in the cold or when it's raining or crappy weather or, um, you know, really pushing myself to, to the limits to test, uh, 
you know, my mental ability to kind of battle through it and, and keep pushing and kind of see what I'm made of. Um, that's something that I've always been drawn to in sports and in team activity and exercise and that kind of stuff. Um, it's something you do a lot in, in team sports, right? They kind of, you know, whether it's hell week or conditioning or, or whatnot, they really push you to see, see who's going to crack or who's going to keep going. So I just, I, I don't know. I've always loved that piece. And I think knowing that it's, it's kind of opened me up to the idea that if you can really get kind of a bulletproof mind or just keep working on it, then, you know, the, I don't know. Yeah. The opportunities uh, to just keep growing and be great are, are going to be endless. So for me, it, it just, it, and it wasn't probably until two years ago or so where that really, really clicked and it became like mindset, working on mindset and, and of course, mental health and everything really became a focus of mine. So where did it came from? Did it came from like your baseball coach or did you just find it yourself? That like the idea of building a bulletproof mindset is the yeah. main thing and the main building block for you? I think, I don't know if there was one part. I think it 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 was kind of, maybe the seed was planted through playing sports and understanding how important it was to have a strong mind. Um, cause those that did, you know, typically performed better and then going through the challenges of my mind kind of, you know, doing me dirty while I was playing and really affected my performance. So I could see the other side, the negative side of it. Um, and so that really, you know, those two things kind of motivated me. Um, I didn't have the answers certainly then, um, I couldn't figure it out, but it was something that always kind of frustrated me how it was really my mind that was affecting my performance on the field and not me. And so maybe that was it. Maybe that was just the, yeah, the struggles kind of at the end of my career that, you know, led me wanting more to figure out, you know, why the heck that was the case and, and uh, improve on it. Was the mindset important in your family? I don't know, in your mom and dad's life, like maybe it stems like from there. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I, um, I'm not sure I would say I, I think, you know, we definitely, I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm trying to think through it. Um, you know, we definitely kind of had the mindset. My parents had the mindset of, you know, parents are both super tough and, and like to, you know, definitely both have a lot of ownership of their own mind, right? They're not people mm -hmm. that would you know, play the victim mindset when things happen and control what they can control and, you know, and not, I guess, like complain on certain situations or knowing that it's more productive to have a good mindset. So yeah, that's a good, it, it, you know, that's definitely, I've had that example growing up too. So I definitely take that from them. I know that you have a course for men that mm -hmm. is about building uh, habits and taking ownership of their health. And you said that the first stimulus for you to share your journey was when you shared it uh, openly on Instagram. And how did it evolved into your life mission that it is today? 
Yeah. So I love, I mean, this has just become like my favorite thing um, to talk with people about and, you know, and just really actually more so just to listen because it's been such a cool journey. But so I shared, you know, about my battle with depression, kind of four years up and down, job hopping, moving cities, just, just really being in a rut and more than a rut, right? Like having no direction. So when I shared, I started getting a lot of people that reached out to me, like, you know, I was saying a, a lot of the ones, you know, I think that you'd expect like, Hey, we're here for you. If you need anything, love you, let me know, you know, we just want you to be well to which, which, you know, of course expected those to an extent. And then a lot of random people reaching out saying they're going through something similar. So that really kind of turned on a light bulb that I think there was an opportunity for me, um, you know, to start talking about it more. And so I started writing about it and posting about it every day on LinkedIn and trying to relate it to the workplace and sales culture and unhealthy work environments. And then how that kind of manifests in our work performance, but also in our personal life and, and everything. And I just started getting a lot of guys uh, reaching out to me and saying, man, I, this is exactly what I'm going through. Um, you know, would you, would you be open to connecting? And I would chat with them and they would just talk about their challenges and what they, you know, what they're going through in there. I mean, I had so many people, uh, so many guys be like, man, you're the first person I've ever told about this. And Mm, it's been years in your post or whatever it was. They're like, just, I felt like you were speaking directly to me. They're like, it's just to a T. So I just started seeing that more and more. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it, it just became apparent that obviously there's a lot of it going on, but also there's guys that are looking for, they, they want to get help. People don't want to feel this way, but they don't know where to turn and they're embarrassed to get help. So I just, I had felt like, man, if it was, if, if it was, if I was able to come out and do it um, and express and be open about it, I think in, in try and be like a leading voice for people that, that are, don't feel comfortable in, in expressing their voice, then, then why not keep doing that? And why not make a good, uh, you know, a good situation out of what was really, really shitty for me for a few years. And so then just, talking to a lot of guys, getting a lot of questions. I started seeing themes and it was less about, you know, Hey, what do I do to get healthy? Um, You know, what, what can I do? You know, yeah, work out, eat healthy. And it was when I started seeing these themes of like, I don't really know how to, or I don't know how to approach it. I don't know how to think about it. So the course really is less about what to do. There is, there is some of that in there, of course, but I, I think of it less of like, you know, give a man a fish, feed him for a day and more so teach him to fish. So I like really going into the mindset thought processes. Um, you know, why are you thinking a certain way? How can we build better habits? How'd you get to these habits in the first place? And it really all stems down to, I believe at least, right. The mindset and, and so working on cultivating a mindset that is, that allows you to live the life you want and do the things you want to, and not be, kind of on autopilot, right? So yeah, just try and it's in its early stages and I, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes, but just working with, um, you know, some people to try and solve a lot of the issues that, and a lot of the challenges, I I think I should say, um, 
you know, that were, that were communicated to me over the last year, year and a half. That's great hearing that, that the men have that support from you and that they can come and like really get the help they need, because as you said, it's a big problem and they feel that they can't share it with others. Mm. <laughs> yeah. If you are the first person that they feel they can open up to it, it's like great. And what do, would you say is it for you to feel mentally healthy? How would you describe it? Yeah, that's, um, that's a, such a good, uh, a good question to ask and, and to think through because I think it's definitely evolved, especially in the last year or so. But for me, um, to be mentally healthy, I think I to be in control of the narrative and to constantly be aware of when my, my thoughts might be getting off course and, you know, to bring back, to bring my thought back to the present, um, to focus on, you know, all the things that are going well, all the things I'm doing, keep focus on what I can control. Um, and just being, I think, really the person that, that I know I am inside and that aligns with, you know, my actions align with my values, I think. So being, you know, kind to other people, being really kind to myself, um, doing the best I can, being able to be, you know, focused and driven, um, but not in a position where I'm worrying about the outcome, I shift my focus back to what can I do today? What's the next step? How can I be moving in the right direction? And just really focusing on, on what I believe to be doing, doing the right things in my life. Um, and yeah, I haven't thought through that, that question before, but, um, but I'll have to. It's, it's, it's a big one. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And it seems like all of the mindset work that you did, uh, as you said, being controlling the narrative, it led you to opening your company, which is really exciting. Mm -hmm. And it seems like everything that you do is for men. <laughs> so could you tell us more a little bit, how did you come up with an idea to start their clothing? Yeah. So I, um, for, for four or maybe five years in my sales roles, um, I was in software sales for a long time. And I, I knew I wanted to, I knew I was capable of more, I feel, as opposed to just kind of um, just selling the same thing over and over. And, and I think I, I just always had this idea to start my own business. And I was like, I don't know what it's going to be, but it's something I really believe I can do and something I want to do. And in more so than anything else, just to, you know, for one, be involved in a bunch of different parts of the business as opposed to just sales, but to have the freedom to just do whatever I wanted, right? Like not have to go sit in a nine to five or not have to demo or call a certain number of people. I just let me run my day and I'll be productive. I know who I am as a person. So I was trying to think of, a business idea. That was the issue though, right? Four years. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm going to start my own business. What the hell am I going to do? And um, the one idea I kept coming back to was making workout shorts or workout gear. 
you know, being a lifelong athlete, uh, gym enthusiast, uh, very amateur runner, uh, just super active, you know, shorts were always an obsession of mine, finding the right ones, <laughs> you know, have, dealing with a bunch of different types of uniforms and workout gear over the years. It was just always a challenge. So it was the one idea I kept coming back to. And every time it would pop up, I'd say, yeah, it's a dumb idea. Why don't you, you know, come up with some like piece of software or something and develop. And so I kept putting it off and it wasn't until I saw a shark tank episode and one of the sharks said, you know, if there's an idea that you just can't get out of your head, it's probably worth exploring. And that just kind of stuck with me. And, um, you know, it was literally I was getting out of bed one day and it all just kind of clicked. And I was like, you know what? I was like, now is the time. I was like, I have I have to allow myself to at least try it. I don't care if it fails, if it doesn't work. You know, I have to, I will regret it forever if I don't go out and at least try and make this thing work. Um, so that's kind of how I landed. Yeah, that's kind of how I landed on apparel and ended up making the jump. And if women active wear in the future, or are you more obsessed working with men and helping for men? You know, I think the the short answer is it's what I know. And you know, I know men, I know men's clothing and, and certainly, uh, it's not, it's not anti-women in any way. It's just, uh, and also it turns out it's really expensive to make a bunch of, to make clothing, right. To make apparel. It's a lot of upfront capital. And so that's really why I just started with one pair of shorts into two colors. I would love to have started with a whole line and men's and women's, but you know, I don't have half a million dollars to put in that inventory. So, um, so yeah, I think at some point, and then as far as the message, I think it, it really just helped me kind of narrow down who my target audience was, who I wanted to help. And, and I feel like it was me a few years ago or not, you know, not too long ago and someone's struggling with, you know, direction and kind of their purpose or passion and, where they are in their career and they want to do other things, but their mind just has this narrative that's limiting or preventing them from trying what they always want to do or living the life they want to live. And, and so for me, it just made sense to, to say, okay, well, let's just, let's focus on men to start and, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. I think when you said about your journey, when you, you, you knew you wanted to be an entrepreneur, but you weren't like sure about the idea like yeah. what you should go on with. I think that you have been very specific that you want to make it for men because as you said, you always knew like your uh, your ideal client avatar, who he is. Mm -hmm. And we usually create businesses for somebody we have been a few years ago and we mm -hmm. wanted that help and we didn't find it in the world. Yeah. And now we, we have that solution and we really want to share it with the world. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So Tim, could you tell us where people could find more about you, about what you do, where they can sign up for your course for the men who are listening to this podcast? Yeah, well, I, I'm in terms of socials, I'm most active on LinkedIn. I uh, write, I post every morning there, usually around mental health or mindset or health in general, just trying to give some health tips, practical stuff, but also, you know, maybe change the perspective on, on how you think about something. And then my website is tperera.com. 
and there's a link to the course, which is called the game plan. The game plan is part self-guided uh, course, you know, educational course, but also a 30 day program with, uh, with a group, with a cohort group coaching calls. Um, and again, the idea is, is just to help people build new habits and figure out, you know, what works for them individually. Um, that's really the game plan uh, that we've put together to try and help you figure out what's going to work best for you, because it certainly wouldn't be the same thing that works for me. And then the clothing company is called Per Clothing, and it's, that's the website, perclothing.com. You can check it out, get some men's workout shorts, and they're made from recycled ocean plastic. So sustainability was a big thing for me. So uh, pretty small product or SKU list there, product offering, but it's what we got so far. That's so great that you made it sustainable and we will make sure that all the links are down in the show notes for everyone who wants to find you. And could you share just one final thing? What do you think is the most important for the man, the listener to know and to hear if he is struggling with mental health and he doesn't feel good about sharing it with the world? Like yeah. what would be your message to him? You know, I, I really would just say that it's normal and you're not alone, like really not alone. I mean, I always thought I was alone in it and I was just blown away by the amount of people that have reached out saying that they're going through something similar. And it really opened my eyes to, to say, man, it's, it's so common. And And I think understanding it doesn't define you as a person and you can, they're just feelings, right? They, these come up, they're just part of our body and our, the biology of being a human being and they don't define you. And if you can just label them and separate from them, become aware when they come up and know that people around you, your best friends, your family, they don't give a shit if you, you know, are feeling a certain way. And I mean that in the best way, because all they want is for you to just be happy and feel good and, and be your best self. So they want you, they want to be there. They want to be, you know, in your life and support system, just like you would want the same for your best friend. Um, so I think just knowing, yeah, you're not alone and it's, and it's totally normal. And, and honestly, if you have nobody else to talk to, or you don't know where to start, you know, hit me up on LinkedIn and I'd be happy to chat through it. That's awesome. You really brought it back like the, to the basics that it's natural and you're not alone. Thank mm -hmm. you, Tim. It was wonderful having you. I'm so glad we did this. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been fun.